Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. We were talking in another episode about cancel culture. What about the woman with the bikini picture? What was that all about? Ah, you, you know, Sarah Christensen. Yeah. That's who we've got talking to today. Okay. So, you know what? I got to tell you, Ken. I absolutely love Sarah Christensen. I do. I think that, uh, I think she's outstanding. I truly do. I also think she screwed up. <laughs> now, that, that being said, um, you know, Sarah is, uh, she's very personable. She's, uh, I really can't comment enough about how much I really liked talking to her. I really did. But Sarah, she was running this company, and she was hiring a PR person. So she puts out the ad, and this this girl, her name is, uh, I say girl, this woman, Emily Clow, responds to the ad. And I guess she talks to Sarah on the phone. Emily signs on to, um, you know, tries to befriend her, whatever, however it works on Instagram, Emily decides to connect with Sarah's inst company Instagram account. Well, Sarah goes and looks at Emily's Instagram account, and there's a picture there of Emily in a bikini. All right? Now, I have seen the picture, and I will tell you that it is not a bad picture. It's not. It's uh, Emily is wearing a, a one-piece bikini. It's, it's open in the midriff. There is a small amount of underboob showing, but it is, it is not a risque picture whatsoever whatsoever okay what sarah does sarah cuts the, the head of the picture off so you can't tell who it is all right she posts that picture on the company's instagram account and it says basically it says you know hey we're looking for a pr person we're not looking for a bikini model please bear that in mind when you do this stuff on social media oh man so, yeah, I see you even said it right there. Oh, man. You know, I, I see so many violations right there. First of all, uh, intellectual property. There's there's know. a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah, a lot Lots of stuff. stuff. Invasion of privacy. I, I, although, is there a, a reasonable expectation of privacy online? No. I don't know. No, no I, right. I don't think so. If you're going to post it online, somebody's going to see it. Yeah. All right. Um, so Sarah did mess up, and she's, she says in our interview that she did. She admits that freely, okay? Now, this is this thing of Sarah was hit by the cancel culture people. Emily sees the picture. Emily knows immediately that it's her. She contacts Sarah and says, take it down. At that point, 57 people had seen this picture. 57. Sarah takes it down. Okay. Emily, rightfully so, rightfully so, Emily's posted on her feed that this company just did that, okay? When Emily posted that, it goes crazy. Now, Emily is the victim. Make no mistake. Emily is the victim. She did nothing to deserve that. Sarah screwed up, okay? I don't think that Sarah, and I've talked to Sarah, I've talked to her at length. I don't think that Sarah meant any harm at all. It was just, you want to call it a brain fart, whatever the hell you want to call it, it was a mistake, but when Emily posts that, it goes crazy. The cancel culture people come in, and they start attacking Sarah. All right? Sarah ends up getting over 50,000 emails, messages, everything else. The BBC 
picks up the story and runs with it. The view picks up the story and runs with it. But it gets worse. It gets worse. The view, they show the picture. Oh, man. Oh, no, no, no. But they don't really show the picture. They've got the picture blurred out. So you can't really see that it wasn't that bad of a picture. All right? They blurted out. You ask me, they blurted it out on purpose to make a better story. But I'm sure that they published the words that she Oh, yes. They oh, had okay. Whoopi Goldberg reads the words, reads Sarah's text. So Sarah gets all this negative publicity, death threats, death threats. Think about that for a second. She posts a picture, she, and, and again, it's a mistake. All right, she screwed up royally. I'll grant you, she screwed up royally. But she starts getting death threats because of this. Death threats. Someone posts her personal information online saying, hey, do with it what you will. So we're going to publish, some, some idiot is going to publish her home address and tell the others, these 50,000 people that are complaining, saying that Sarah needs to leave Austin, going to burn her house down, going to kill her dog, going to kill her. Someone posts the address. Hey, do what you want to with it. It got so bad. No shit, man. It got so bad that Sarah has to sell her house and move, where she's now living out of Airbnbs. The police couldn't help? The police could not help. They're not equipped to handle that. And at the end of the day, there are people, and we discussed this during the interview, there are people out there who, who will say, well, it's just people complaining on the Internet. And I agree with you. It's people complaining on the Internet. All right? But you know what? All it takes is for one of those people to have some sort of mental defect and figure, you know, I'll just do, I'll, she shouldn't have done that. I'll just take it in my own hands and do, I'll, I'll take care of that problem for everybody. That's all it takes. And we know those idiots are out there. They're out there, man. So that's the problem with cancel culture that we're talking about. Instead of, instead of the, the, the mob taking the time, and Emily had nothing to do with this. It's not her fault that the cancel culture people are cued in and start attacking all right, Sarah screwed up. It's not like the cancel culture mob has their own Facebook group. Right. 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 They're just out there. They're just out there, and they pile on, all right? And the thing is, is that when someone screws up, we used to live in a society that when someone screws up, we take the time to try to turn that person around. You know, I, I spent a lifetime committing crime. A lifetime. And I was fortunate that I had people that cared enough to help me turn my life around. And now I work hard to make sure that people are protected from the type of person I used to be. But we're in a culture now with these cancel culture people that that, that is not even allowed anymore. You know, we're going to attack. We're going to cancel you out. You out. We're going to cause you to move, lose your house, lose your job, lose your family, your friends. You know, it's no longer a, it should be a learning situation, but it's not that anymore. It's, it's now, if you don't agree with us, if you mess up, it doesn't matter if you messed up 10 years ago. It doesn't matter what you've done. We're going to find something. We're going to cancel you out if we, if we just don't like you. And uh, again, I, Sarah messed up. I just don't understand how our society has gotten to the point to where we're no longer accepting people that we just want to um, to do away with them. I just don't understand that. Welcome to the Anglerfish Podcast, where we navigate the dark waters of our online lives. I'm your host, Brett Johnson. Season 1 of Anglerfish tells the story of my rise and fall as the original Internet Godfather and how I was able to turn from a life of crime to now being focused on protecting people from the type of person I used to be. This second season of the Anglerfish podcast dives into the deepest, darkest waters of our online lives. 
We'll be discussing fraud and financial cybercrime, sure, but also human trafficking, drugs, cyberbullying, fake news, extremist groups, nation-state attacks, child pornography, and more. Anglerfish believes shedding light on the darkest parts of the Internet helps us to better understand the problems and find solutions instead of living in a world of fear. Welcome to the Anglerfish Podcast. All right, so I'm Sarah Christensen. I would love to tell you about a business that I have up and running, but it's been destroyed by this uh, cancel culture mob. Um, but what happened was last fall, uh, October, I was hiring for a full-time marketing position. This person would be responsible for my social media. So I asked for their social media handles. One of the candidates applied. Saw, I saw what was on her Instagram, and she had some really revealing bathing suit pictures. So what I did was I took a screenshot. I didn't show her head or her face. And I posted to my Instagram stories basically saying, hey, listen, anyone who's applying for this job, I'm looking for a professional marketer, not a bikini model. Do what you want to do in your personal time. But just FYI, this is what I'm looking for for this job. Um, the candidate saw that, asked me to take it down. I took it down immediately. 57 people on my Instagram saw it. Um, and the candidate actually communicated with me after that, how excited she was to work for me. Um, but then she went to Twitter and shared with the world that I had posted this picture of her. She felt shamed. And at that point, the, the Twitter mob and the internet mob really, really uh, piled onto that. And her tweet so, got so let, me, let, me, let me stop here just for a second, just so we can walk through it, because I, I want to walk through these, uh, the, the steps of what's going on. So she applies for the job. She actually came in for the interview, yes or no? Uh, no, I have, okay. I've never spoken with her. She applied okay. for the job. I had an online a job application. All right, now, so you, you go on social media, and, and let's, I want to be open about this for anybody out there that's talking. When you apply for a job, your employer would be remiss, would be somewhat negligent not to check out your social media channels. And we used to say, and I guess that's changed recently, but we used to say, if you're going to post something on social media, be prepared for everyone on the planet to see it especially your employer. So don't post anything that's, that's questionable. Now, that being said, the picture that you posted, it was, it was her in a bikini. It had some under boob going on, not, not a horrible amount. It was a one-piece bikini with the, the midsection open. Um, you cut her face off, so no one really knew who she was. Um, no. She saw it on there. Now, now, you say only, what, 57 people on Instagram saw that? Exactly. 57 okay. people saw it before I took it down. And I know that because I, I looked in my, inst I, I can see it in my Instagram statistics. Okay. So 57 people saw it. She was one of the 57. Yep. She comes in, asks you to remove it. Yes. You remove it. Then after, after you removed it, then she reaches out back again and says she's excited to work for you. Yes. Correct. Okay. So I, I just wanted to be kind of above, you know, so everyone is on the same page because what happened from there, and, and you, I want you to continue telling the story, but what happens from there is things go haywire really quickly. Very quickly. Um, so she went to Twitter, and as things happen on Twitter, uh, it gets picked up by uh, She Rates Dogs, then it gets picked up by another big Twitter account. And before I know it, there's a story in the BBC. There's a story on NBC News. There's a story on The View. I mean, there's... Sure hundreds and hundreds of stories in every language imaginable and the stories are unbelievably inaccurate about what actually happened but that fueled this full-on attack from the internet mob from these online vigilantes a full-on attack of my business all of my clients anyone who had ever been a guest on my podcast i mean within this within this going live i think it happened on october 1st i had hundreds and hundreds of bad podcast reviews within a, within a day. Thousands and thousands of awful YouTube comments, and I'd be happy to read you some of them if you're interested. In I mean, hey, hey, if you, want, if you want to read some of them, I, I am more than, more, more than happy to hear them. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that you had to suffer through. I think that it's, uh, that, it's, it, that it's important that our audience hears some of these as well. And, and I want to say this now. The, the, what you posted, I think you screwed up. All right? I, I did. I think, okay, and... and that's a given. But here's, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about when someone makes a mistake, instead of turning it into a learning lesson. And Joaquin Phoenix spoke about this the other night on the Oscars when he won the Oscar for Best Actor. 
What he said was, is it's wrong. It is wrong to cancel someone out. It should be a learning experience. So you were never given that opportunity. You, you messed up, but instead of someone addressing you and trying to talk civil about that, they go on the, on the, on the war path to try to destroy your business, which I guess they did to a large degree to yes. try to destroy you, uh, all your social media channels to, to make you a pariah on the internet. And it was picked up by the BBC, by the view. And yes, I, hey, I agree with you. I've been in a lot of news too. Most of those stories are not accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, but if you have some of the comments, if you want to read them, absolutely. I'm, I'm more than happy to hear those. Okay. I also just want to um, further what you said. Like this whole cancel culture phenomenon that we have right now doesn't allow for any humanity. It doesn't allow for people to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and right. to have conversations about that. This would have been a very different story if she would have reached out to me and said, listen, I'm... She, she did say to me, I'm embarrassed. Can you please take that down? But if she would have reached out to me and said whatever she was feeling, and we could have had a one-on-one -on -one conversation about it, I certainly would have been so open to listening to how she was hurt or what she was feeling or whatever, whatever it was. I would have been so open to hearing that and to taking that in and to making a change on my end. But instead, you know, a, a bomb was dropped on my life and that doesn't motivate me to want to be kind and gracious and want to have those, like to understand. Does that make sense? No, I, it, I think it does what they were trying sense. to accomplish, it's the, I, I took that as the complete opposite of what they were trying to accomplish because of the war tactics that they took to attack me. So let me read you some of these. Sure. Things. Absolutely. So I can't read you the, the death threats because uh, I've been advised by both my legal counsel and the FBI not to do that because okay. they're kind of still open. Um, but like, here's one that says, check out their account. They're in Austin, Texas. I live there. Let's get together and kick their asses. Um, I know your strategy is to take all of your social media down and wait while everyone forgets, but I promise we will not forget. Go ahead and file bankruptcy because I will take it to make your life miserable for the rest of my life. Um, PSA, you might want to rethink your power dynamic and get the hell out of Austin. We don't want your toxicity here. I hope your company burns to the ground. Um, I don't know if I can swear. You effing suck. Yeah, you you, hey, hey, absolutely. I, <laughs> I say fuck shit, all that, all, okay. all the time. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was, right, so I actually, here, I'm going to tell you, I had actually, I was trying not to say it because I didn't know if you were okay with me saying that stuff. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of cursing in these. So you right. fucking suck, you fucking bitch. Pathetic. This is what happens when you give old people Instagram, stay on Facebook, sweetie. Um, you're a bunch of old hags who are just jealous of her rock and bop. This is what happens when you fuck with women. Clearly, you can't handle it. You're a judgmental bitch. I'm coming to your house to burn your house down. You are a gross boomer. You're all just mad because that lady is hotter than you. And then the doxing started, right? For anyone uh, else, this woman said on Twitter, for anyone late to the party, fear not. Though Sarah clearly is not a mastermind at decimating social media, she still has her contact information all over the internet. So as part of this, I was doxed, which okay. means... All of my personal information, including my home address, was shared on the internet. Gotcha. And um, and and, that and here's the thing that I want to because I'm sure you know that I'm I used to be this cyber criminal, and um, when when you dox someone, and doxing is the release of everyone's personal information in the hopes that someone else will act upon that information. So Sarah had her information released while all of this vitriol is going on. So you've got a bunch of people out there that are threatening to burn her house. And of course there's some listeners out there. Oh, they would never do that. You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. There are some crazy son of a bitches out on the internet. Yes. All it takes, all it takes is one. Okay. So you've got somebody out there that's releasing her info saying, Hey, do with it what you will. Now let's think about that for a second. Is anyone truly, is anyone okay with that? I really don't think so. And that, that's part of this problem with the mob mentality that's out there. Two wrong, there's that old saying, two wrongs don't make a right. Yes, Sarah screwed up, but that does not entitle anyone for any reason to come in and try to attack, to, to release personal information, to try to get 
potentially her, her physically harmed or her house harmed or to try to destroy someone's livelihood. That is not the way to conduct yourselves and to have a, a discussion on what was done wrong. It is not. So Sarah, if you could continue, I'd appreciate that. Sure. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you a hundred percent is, is the, is this punishment that's being given by, you know, the, the online vigilantes, does it match the crime that I committed? I would say, no, do I deserve to be murdered for making a slight mistake in the world? No, I, I really don't. And, and the doxing was the doxing was the thing that really put this over the top for me. Oh, it'll get your attention. Yeah. Well, especially because I, I was receiving really aggressive death threats. I mean, the one that sticks in my mind is someone sent me a, a text message from their phone number, which isn't the smartest thing in the world to do. But anyways, um, it's it, it, very graphic, very graphic death threats saying how they were going to kill my dog, kill Scott, my boyfriend. Um, the one that, that sticks in my mind is someone said, I'm going to stick a knife in your cunt and cut you up to your throat. That kind of stuff. Well, that's pleasant. Right. And with my, with my address out there in the world and there, and so there was a long time where I couldn't even leave my house or I had to be with someone. I was terrified. There were letters and packages sent to my page, handwritten letters detailing how they were going to kill me. Um, it, it got, I mean, it was so bad. We actually ended up selling our house and we had to move out of state and now we're staying in temporary houses until we can find somewhere, um, safe to live. Sure. And, 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 so you, of course, you reported this to, to law enforcement. Yes. And what is it? Has, has anyone been questioned or, or anything else on that yet? Well, here's the thing is that local law enforcement flat out said, we're not prepared for this. I mean, there's, I would, I estimate about 50,000 comments. They don't have the resources for 50, that. They, so 50,000 comments. Yes. Across all platforms. So okay. YouTube, podcast, voicemail, email, I mean, you name it, any, any kind of, letters, any kind of way people could get in touch with me, my family, my clients, anyone who had been on my podcast, about 50,000 of those. Um, so local law enforcement was kind of like, ooh, we don't have the resources. We don't, um, we don't even quite know how to deal with this. Uh, I had asked even if I could have a, a, a squad sit outside of our house while the, this was happening and they just don't have the resources for it. Sure. And th this is probably a good time to talk about this. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff about people saying, well, cancel culture isn't real. It just helps people's careers. Well, that might be the case if you're Kevin Hart or if you're Louis CK, but for me, a small guy, an independent small business owner, it, it is devastating. It is not, it didn't help my career, believe me. And emotionally and, um, like spiritually, honestly, it's rocked my world. It sure. really has. Well, and, and that's, that's, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Louis CK and I, I have listened to Louis CK and I would listen to the guy again. And honestly, here's, here's my problem with that specifically, what he did 100% wrong, absolutely 100% wrong, but he came out and said he did it before anyone had even mentioned that publicly. Yeah. And then he's, he's canceled because of that. It seems to me that if someone is willing to come out and accept responsibility, I did wrong. I am sorry that instead of us attacking that person, we should use that as, as Joaquin Phoenix mentioned the other night as a learning lesson. You know, sure. You, what you did was, was absolutely horrible. Not, not you, Sarah, what, what Louis CK did was absolutely horrible, but there, he has to get some sort of credit for coming out and, and admitting to it and trying to, to write things. You posted a picture of a woman in a bikini. Yeah, it's a mistake. Granted, it's a mistake. Should The View have picked that up and ran with it? Probably not. Should the BBC have picked that up and ran with it? No, it must have been a slow news day that day. But the, the, the vitriol that comes from people because you make a mistake because you say the wrong thing, because you have a difference of opinion that doesn't coincide with theirs, they think that they can come in, threaten you, post your personal information in the hopes that you'll be attacked or that someone will do something. They try to destroy your business. So what type of business did you have? Yeah, so I had a business that helped other small business owners to grow through creating these small support groups called mastermind groups. Okay. And is that business still alive or is that now defunct? 
Well, I lost immediately about 20% of my clients. Um, and subsequently, I've lost about an additional 40%, all leading back to that. And all of the corporate contracts that I had and all the partner contracts that I had got canceled. So uh, canceled because of the cancellation. How ironic is that? Um, but I, I, have a, I have a few clients remaining that I have contracts with through September. And sure. honestly, I, I don't know what will happen at that point. Um, but it's... For, for as much as for as much as my business and my livelihood were destroyed, which is obviously awful, but it, it's what the it's what the crowd wanted, right? It's what right. this vigilante justice is for them. And I'm sure if any anyone who made those comments or the person who started listen to this, they might be cheering because of that. And, and that's, I, I think that comes back to this whole humanity of how we treat each other as people. And are we going to be bullies? And are we going to, you know, are we going to communicate and, and again, treat each other like humans? I feel like that's what us through all of this keyboard courage and behind the, the people who feel justified in doing this, because let's face it, every single person that made that comment, let's call it every 50,000 of those people that felt the need to weigh in on this had there's real hate coming across that keyboard right and they have they feel justified to do that right there's some reason they feel justified to do that i think some of it's a mob mentality i also think um based upon the research by jonathan height that a lot of that comes to getting um points in their social circle so they're they're piling on with each other and Ah, and and giving each other kudos for coming together to fight a common other, right? I'm the common other. And then, then you've got the algorithms as well that feed into that and yes. cause more people to see it. They pile on as well. And it becomes this, this unstoppable animal after a while. That's exactly right. I mean, the, the thing, the thing I always struggle with is, is, is cancel culture, uh, is there some goodness in it? Right. Is there a way, is it a long overdue way for people to speak their truth? Well, I think in some situations it is, but in my situation, what good came of that? Right. What change came of that? What positiveness came of it? Absolutely none. No, I, and I, I would agree with you. I, I, again, I think it's, um, and I, I want to say this, I, I am a firm believer in social justice. All right. I, I do know that, that minorities don't have a proper voice in our society. I know that, that there are entire groups of people that are mistreated, that are that are held down by the higher up groups. Hell, I live in Birmingham, Alabama, which is all about the have and have nots as it is. But the the problem is, is that by attacking someone, someone makes a mistake as Sarah did by attacking someone. You're, you're not, you're not making things better. You're not. You're what you're doing is, is you're, 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 you're basically dismissing someone like Sarah. You're dismissing her and saying, we don't need that in our society. We don't want that in our society. Well, you know, guess what? Not one single person upon us, uh, among us, not one single person among us is perfect. We have all, we have all fucked up. And I'm going to tell you something. We will all continue to fuck up in the future. It's going to happen. So think about that. The next time you decide to pile on and attack someone, that I promise you there is something in your past that could be used against you. If there's not, there is something that's going to be in your future that could be used against you. So instead of attacking someone, if you really have a problem with that person, why not reach out to them and say, hey, you know, let's talk about this. Why did you do this? What good did you think would come of it? This is what I think about it. Instead of attacking, why not just have a civil discussion? At the end of the day, you may learn something from each other. Who knows? I know that's a novel idea, but. (laughs) So, you know, Sarah, I reached out to, um, I reached out to Emily. And um, I'd asked her if she wanted to come on and talk to us. Her initial response was yes. Now, since that point, She's not responded to me whatsoever. But uh, one thing she did say is she said, uh, she said, you know, through all this, she said, I'm surprised that she's talking to you because she's never personally offered me an apology. So I thought I would just mention that to you today and, and get your thoughts on that as well. Sure. Well, I, be- I, 
I've been advised by legal counsel not to communicate with her directly, um, and partly because I received a letter from her legal representation, which was her father, okay. um, asking me to cease and desist any communication and um, uh, to stop smearing her in the press, which is gotcha. ironic because I didn't do that. But um, yeah, I just have not communicated with her for those reasons. Okay. But uh, I mean... That being said, and I don't expect you to communicate. I understand that completely. If it's if it's, you've got litigation that's that's going on pending whatsoever, but you do realize there was a mistake. You've already said that. Um, I'm sure that you did not mean any harm at all. You you took the uh, the the precautions of cutting the face off. It wasn't like you were singling someone out. You were using that as an example, and I don't think it's a proper example, but it was an example. Um, and I, I certainly don't think that you were that you deserve to be attacked by that. Um, you, you said you had to move out of your house. Yes. Yeah, we had to, it, it, it was so bad. I mean, the, the, it was sort of like, and, and it was aggressive for probably yeah. at least three months because what would happen is a new story would come out or someone would post on social and it, it would just like reinvigorate the whole thing. Of course. So, it was a full on attack for three months and I, I didn't leave the house. If I did leave the house, I had to be with someone. I was, I was in a major um, retreat mode. I mean, it, there were days where I couldn't even get out of bed. It was so like the attacks were so aggressive. Right. And when I thought like I, I was sheltered from something, like we would stop some of the communication or I'd stop getting notifications, then like some new thing would come in. So it was just, it was an all on aggressive, aggressive attack. And the fact that my address was out there, people were sending things to our home home. There were strange cars in our neighborhood, all of those kinds of things. It, it finally got to the point where we're like, we can't stay here. We can't sure. live here. I, I, I truly was terrified for, I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen. So yeah, we, we sold our house and we sold pretty much everything in it. We put a few things in storage and packed our dogs in our cars and drove out of state. I am so sorry to hear. I, I really am sorry to hear that. That, um, yeah, I, the people out there listening, I mean, first of all, there, there is an argument as to whether cancel culture even exists. And I would say it damn well does. The, the next argument is, is that cancel culture, you know, it, it, the people who are supposedly canceled, they come back and they're, they're better than ever. I would point you to the case of Sarah Christensen who is a normal person. She ran a business, she made a mistake and she's canceled. Now, Look at her and tell me that she was able to get back to where she was prior to what happened. No, no, and no. All right. I would also point out that we're talking about, again, I cannot stress enough that, that what you're dealing with is, okay, so, so Sarah posted a picture. And that, that person is a victim in that sense. But Sarah is also a victim. What you do is when you attack someone, when you go on the war path like this, you are victimizing someone. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what they did. You, are, you do not have the right. You are not entitled to attack someone and victimize someone because you are angry. That is why we have a justice system. Justice works outside of anger. It takes, in, it takes into account the anger of the victims, which none of these cancel culture people are victims, but it takes into account the, 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 the problems of the victim, that, that the pain and suffering of that main, main victim, and then also considers other factors in, in there. What cancel culture people are doing is they're taking that justice into their own hands, which is improper, and they're exacting what they think is justice, but it's not. It's some sort of weird revenge, which is always wrong. So understand that what you're doing is when you try to cancel someone, you're, you're victimizing people. And there's, I don't think there's a better example out there right now than Sarah Christensen. And I, Sarah, I'm really sorry. I, I really am. You know, I didn't know this conversation was going to go like this, but uh, I, I really am sorry you're going through this. I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't know the answers to this on how to solve these problems or anything else. I know. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I, I, I obviously think about this a lot sure. and how this can be solved and how we can not go to that place of, of hate and of attack. 
I do think some of it is a quick response, like a short-term release of like some cathartic anger. Right. Someone sees what they feel like is injustice, injustice happening and they want to jump in without having all the facts or all the details and, and have their say about it. Right. But that, that doesn't get us what that doesn't, I don't think that accomplishes what they actually want to accomplish. I don't think that it gets, it, it creates change. I really don't. And, um, you know, I also think we need to acknowledge that this really is something that happens with younger generations. Mm-hmm. Um, as we peeled back a lot of the attacks on me, they weren't people over 40 who were saying this kind of stuff, the, the nastiness to me. So In the fact, majority that, of, of people attacking are that, I, what are that? Is that the millennial generation? Is that what that is? Most of those. Well, from, from my understanding, it's younger millennials and okay. Z. So um, I have a I got a lot of messages from high school students, from college students, um, and and early like early twenties. And what, what, that, that's kind of interesting. Why do you think that? Why do you think it's those that that specific type of demographic that were the ones that were attacking most? Yeah. Well, again, citing my 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 I would love to say he's my friend because I am so enamored with him. Jonathan Haidt has a wonderful book. Um, called coddling of the American mind. And he talks a lot about this and how uh, we've created this just like millennials get a bad rap, right? With being sure. just, uh, you know, whiny or ex- expecting everything. They, the, there's a certain reputation that they have. And um, this gen generation Z also has some characteristics around um, social activism. So they really, really believe in social activism. They very much believe in uh, the internet as their as a power source, right? Sure. It, it is the place where they can be heard and they can get their message across. And it's, um, you know, an entire generation is defining itself on this social activism. The shaming and canceling is a huge tool in their, in their toolbox. And they're hyper-networked, right? So younger generations connect with each other online. Uh, typically, they're not having a lot of those one-on-one awkward kind of conversations, right? This is just, I, I feel like this is part of the new normal. And I'm 47, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the older range of... <laughs> I just turned 50, so I'm right there with you. Okay, got it. <laughs> well, and I think that's part of why this thing blew up, right? Our generation has a very different perspective as what work means and what professionalism means and how you show up online versus people who are just coming out of college. You're right. People who are coming out of college, for the most part, have a belief and a feeling like they can do they can be in bikini pictures and be drunk online or do, do all of this stuff, but it shouldn't affect their ability to get jobs and to work. Now, again, our generation has a different perspective on that. Neither one is right or wrong, but we're completely disrespecting each other. And I sure. will put myself in that camp too on how, how we approach this differently. But I think that this is a huge trend that we're seeing again with our younger generations very much defining themselves on social activism. And some of it's great. Like some of the causes, awesome, amazing. But when it gets incredibly cruel and mean and, and they seek to destroy people is when it goes wrong, is when that force of potential good that they have takes a turn to the darkness. And no, I, people I like me who are not bad people get taken out. You know, I, I, would, I would agree with what you're saying. It's, I think it's kind of interesting what you said there of – you know, it's, it's, it's a clash of two different types of generations, you know, and certainly you and I, when we post something on social media, we, we take into account the professionalism of what we're doing, uh, of, of at least our, our understanding of that professionalism. But these younger, the younger generations coming in, they have a different understanding of what professionalism is. I, I think they're, and, and maybe it's, I'm not saying it's wrong at all. It may be even more correct than what we're doing. I mean, I think that they, they grew up with the being online where it was kind of given to us and we had to adapt to it. That generation grew up in that environment and they see it completely different. So if they're, they're posting pictures, and again, there's nothing wrong with the picture that, that Emily posted at all. But uh, I think that you're right. I mean, uh, the, the types of media that I would post online and consider appropriate if I were looking for a career position is far different than the types of media that 
a younger generational person would would post and consider acceptable as well. And neither one of them, you, you pointed that out yourself, neither one of them are wrong. That's it's right. just that sometimes they, they, they clash with each other. And I think that's, that's a very good point. I think that's, that's, that sounds like that's exactly what happened in your circumstance. And instead of, instead of these media channels and these people coming in and trying to talk that through like that, they go on the offensive and try to just destroy you, which it sounds like, I hate to say it, but it sounds like they've succeeded to a, to a good part on that. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's face it, that's complicated, right? That's oh, nuanced. That, that, that requires conversation and it requires saying, you know what, we don't agree on that, but I respect your position. That's okay. We don't seem to do that. And, you know, it, it's fueled by so many things. The, the tenor of the leader of our country, the state of media where we're at right now, all of it, the, the general um, discourse that we have as humans at, in this time. I mean, it's fueled by a lot of things, but this stuff is not simple. Just like anything in the world is not black and white. There are many, many, many shades of gray, but we seem to not want to get into that and have those, those deep conversations to say, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Here are my thoughts on that. These, these are our opinions. They're not right. They're not wrong. They just are. And can we respect each other even if we don't agree? You know, Sarah, I, I got to tell you, I absolutely love that you said that because I've been sitting here the entire time thinking, okay, so honestly, I don't give a damn if you like Trump or not. I That's don't right. give a damn if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I don't care. I honestly don't care. I respect your opinion. And that's, that's a lot of the problem we've got. We've got news channels now that instead of trying to report the news, it all has an editorial content. I don't care if you're MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. I don't care. It's all about the editorial content, about the slant that they're putting on it to talk to their specific side. And now it's all sides. There's, yes. no, there's no such thing as respecting someone's opinion. It's for or against. Are you with me or, or, or are you against me? And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that feeds into exactly what we're seeing online now with the, this cancel culture stuff. It's, it's no longer this thing of we're going to learn from it. We're all going to come together and become a better race of humans. Now it's, well, either by God, you're for us or you're against us. And if you are against us, then that's your ass. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. There's a wonderful book by Matt Taibbi called Hate Incorporated mm -hmm. or Hate Inc. And Matt is a reporter for Rolling Stone. And he talks about the, the, including his own culpability of being part of the media and how much the media has even changed it, it, where it used to be the, the media you and I knew growing up is not the media that we have today. Oh no, absolutely not. Very, very different. And they're based upon clicks and getting those eyeballs online. And, and one of the reasons that I believe my story blew up is because these media, media organizations were justified to show this super sexy picture of this girl. Like it gave them a reason to show that, which obviously is going to get more clicks and more attention online. Right? Well, I mean, know, does that make sense? You know, I, <laughs> I got to tell you, I am not the, the, the conspiracy hat wearing guy, but that does make some sense. <laughs> well, and, and the, the irony of this, which I just rolled my eyes about is when they showed my story on The View, Whoopi Goldberg actually read my Instagram story, which is kind of a funny thing, but they actually censored the picture of her. So I was like, okay, wait, so I can't have an opinion about that it wasn't okay professional for my business, but you guys can censor the picture? Like, tell me where I'm missing this. Well, here. you know why they censor the picture. They censor it so that the audience doesn't know exactly how bad it is, but in their mind, it's far worse than what you posted. Probably. <laughs> it probably is. I mean, it probably is. That's, that's good ratings right there. <laughs> it is good ratings. I know. And, you know, if you think about this, this phenomenon, this cancel culture phenomenon, it really is the opposite of free speech. Because it's employing bully-like mob tactics to silence any – uh, positions or any opinions that are different than what the mob believes. Like the mob has their belief about something. And if you don't believe the same as them, they are going to take you down. That is opposite of our, our free speech amendment, which is just crazy. I agree. I agree. And, and here's the thing. And I, I, we've said it several times. You may have a difference of opinion, but you know what? Your opinion is, is no different, no more viable than anyone else's opinion, period. 
It's, it's not. It's not more right or less or, or less right or more wrong than anyone else's opinion. It's an opinion. Now, yes. sometimes those opinions are based on fact and research. But you know what? If you're on the Internet arguing, it's not based on fact and research. No, it's just an opinion. So, you know, what I would say, and I, I want to get your input on that as well, is, you know, what do we what do we say to these people who, who think that it's important instead of trying to have a civil discussion, that it's more important to attack those who, um, who they feel have screwed up or have a difference of opinion or are against whatever they believe in? I think that's the million dollar question. I mean, I, I, would, I would love, I really would love to be able to sit around a table with a glass of wine with some of the pe- people that attacked me and have a conversation and to understand more about where they were coming from and why there was so much hate and energy and vitriol behind it. And quite frankly, I would love for them to look me in the eye and know that what they said to me was really hurtful and it wasn't just about hurting my feelings, but it did blow up my life. Sure. And there's, there's consequences to those things. There really are. And, and I, I, I truly want to continue to believe in humanity and I, I want to believe that if those people had an opportunity to see me on the street, they wouldn't say those things to my face. Well, I think you um, and I both know they wouldn't say those things to your face. I mean, I would hope not, right? Right. I would certainly hope not. Um, but I, I just don't think that, I think right now we are in a place where people are avoiding meaningful conversations and tough conversations like you and I are having right now because of this hypervigilant, these hypervigilant perfectionists out there that are going to point out any apparent mistakes. And I think that's the true crime is that as a people, we're not able to have meaningful conversations and talk about things that are awkward and that are real and that are things in life. And we can't solve real problems if we can't have those conversations, if we're afraid of getting attacked, if we're afraid of getting called out. And I will tell you, every single one of my clients and my business friends, they're scared shitless to say anything online because they know what happened to me. Sure. And I think that is an absolute tragedy that we're not able to use these platforms to have meaningful and true and honest conversations. Like what is it, what, what is it worth then? Are we just using them for marketing and for commercial purposes or to have fakeness and, you know, fake authenticity out there? I think we're missing a huge opportunity to actually have those meaningful conversations when the thought police are looming over us, right? When these, these holier than thou um, people are, they are ready to attack and, and they're ruining our ability to have any sort of meaningful conversations and to continue this, the freedom of speech that we all have held so dear for so long. No, I would agree. Sarah, is there, is there anything that, that you would like to close with or, uh, or to say to anyone that, that's out there listening about this? I think you'd probably just said it right there, but I just want to give one, one more chance to, uh, before we close it out. Sure. Um, I, I have always been kind of a, a hippie person, not a, not a, like a warning or a defensive person, but I will, I will give a warning for everybody listening, even if you, even if you don't have a business and that is to anonymize yourself online, uh, to clear out any, any sort of, uh, indicators of where you physically live. So, um, if, if I could go back and change one thing, obviously uh, it would be not making that post, but the other thing would be to anonymize myself online. So to not have my home address associated with anything that could be found online, because that, that was a real tipping point for us. I mean, yes, my business got destroyed and that would have gotten destroyed even if my address wouldn't have been out there, but the physical safety scares that we had and having to leave our home is, is because my address was out online. So um, like when we buy our next house, it will be titled in a land trust or a corporation. So it can't be tracked back to us. Sure. Our driver's license, car registration, anything that's government based, that stuff is out there. And even um, things related to your credit. So if you've ever applied for credit for a house or a car or a credit card or whatever, that information is sold and shared online. So if you can do one thing to protect and defend yourself, it's to be anonymous in terms of of your physical location online. Turn off that location-based services. Don't let that shit be posted anywhere. Just and again, I don't. I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist or like a you know like a like a doomsdayer, but I've been through it. And and if you can learn one thing from me, it is to protect your physical location. I appreciate that. And Sarah, I'm going to tell you something. I uh, 
you know, we spoke recently, we spoke a couple of days ago before the recording today and um, talking to you today, I've got to tell you, I love the hell out of you. I really do. I, I think you're outstanding. I think you're amazing. Um, yeah, we all make, we all make mistakes, but uh, I am, I am thoroughly impressed with you and I wish you nothing but the best. I truly do. And I, I hope that that people out there, you know, with, with your business that they, they, they come back and they give you a chance because I really think that any client that you've got would be just great to have you. I mean, it's, it's from what I've talked to you today and the other day, I mean, you're, you're absolutely amazing. So uh, anyway, any listeners out there that, that need your services, please reach out to Sarah. All right. She, and that's the thing we don't need to, uh, to be feeding into this cancel culture thing. We need to, to realize that, everyone at the end of the day is human beings and everyone deserves to be treated as human beings, even when we fuck up. So, um, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and again, I cannot tell you how, how impressed I am of, of you and, uh, how, how sorry I am that you've went through everything you've went through. Thank you. That really means a lot. Any, any kind words now I, I could lap up. So I really appreciate that. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. I really want to use my experience to share kind of the whole story of what happens and the full color of what happens. It's not just about the upfront canceling isn't the only part of this, but there are real repercussions and real people that are hurt by this and affected by this. So I, I want to, I want to share my story for that purpose and for the hopes that I can help bring forth some kindness and humanity and, and opportunities to have conversations about this. So I would, I would, uh, invite anyone who wants to talk further about this to reach out to me. I'm newly on Twitter, which I've avoided Twitter for so long, <laughs> but I'm so glad that I'm on it because I, it's part of my research, right? To keep, keep uh, updated on what's happening in the space, but I'm on Twitter at Sarah Defends. So if you want to continue the conversation about this, please come and find me and I would love to talk with you. Sarah Christensen, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anglerfish Podcast. I appreciate it. If you like it, please subscribe and drop me a line saying hello. Hello is always good. You can reach me direct at brettjohnson at anglerfish.com. That's brett, B-R-E-T-T, Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, at anglerfish, A-N-G-L-E-R-P-H-I-S-H dot com. Other than saying hello, feel free to email questions, comments, concerns, or even show suggestions. I respond to every single email I get. And please, tell your friends about us. Rate and review Anglerfish wherever you can. As Anglerfish continues to navigate the dark waters of our online lives, remember, stay safe, stay secure, and stay vigilant.